Hi, this is Jesse Brisnine. I believe that it is possible to live an extraordinary life after loss, and to do that, one must first choose to heal. This podcast is focused on sharing with you inspiring stories, tangible tools, and life strategies to help you heal from your loss. All right, hello everybody, and welcome back. We have Stephanie here today to chat with us, and I, you know this is a real pleasure because I got to speak with Stephanie about what a month ago, six weeks ago, something like that, maybe two months ago. Oh, it's been a and, while. Yeah, the lady who I'm talking to today is such a different lady than I met. And what's really exciting for me about this is Stephanie was so eager to share some of her progress. <laughs> I had to push the record button faster than I would because she's already telling me all these things. So and Stephanie, thank you so much for being here today. I'm, I'm really, I'm excited to have you here and for you to share a little bit about what brought you here today. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks for inviting me to be here. Thank you for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Stephanie. It's, it's my honor. I, I can only do what I do if all of folks like you show up to allow and are receptive to it. I, I cannot begin to tell you how much um, our conversations and continued emails um, helped. I was stuck for 10 years in that place of serious... I miss my sister. I miss my sister so much that I, I had a wall of, of grief up and anger that I didn't let anybody in. I didn't let my husband in and I didn't let her in. And after we talked, well, heck, it didn't even take us being done talking and the wall started to come down in just that little tiny bit, my smart aleck sister already came through in our conversation. Um, when we were talking, all of a sudden music started playing and I know you couldn't hear it, but on my end, I wasn't touching anything and all of a sudden a song started playing and it was one of her favorite songs. <laughs> and to me, that was such a huge sign that my sister was just waiting for a breakthrough, waiting for me to let go of some of the anger and some of the grief of her being gone. And when I did, I started to open up. And that was amazing because once I opened up, sorry, I'm going to probably cry. Never apologize for tears, especially when there's tears with a smile. I like those oh. tears. Yeah, there's definitely tears with a smile because I dream now. I had 10 years of no wow. dream. And I have dreams now and I actually get to see her. And since those since those walls of pain and anger have come down um she comes to me in my dreams which is wonderful um my relationship with my husband uh, was on a collision course for um you know it was on a collision course for the rocks really there was no other place to put it as a matter of fact not long after Jesse and I had talked, um, my husband said that he just couldn't do it anymore. And I, I just said, you know what? I, I can't do this. I, I've got I've to continue fighting this. And Jesse had given me a tool of making monkey faces. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the funniest thing because I am also <laughs> battling a health issue right now. And Monkey faces is one of the easiest things that I, of the tools that I can take with me. Um, and I do, I take them with me into doctor's offices and into the waiting rooms because I tend to get very stressed while I'm waiting. Um, this isn't, it's been a six month deal. And so 
every time I go into a new doctor's office, there is a, um, a little issue and I get my blood pressure goes up. And so I've learned that making monkey faces lowers my blood pressure down. <laughs> Isn't that something else? It, it's how monkey faces can do what most over-the-counter pills can't do. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I actually sat down with my husband and we talked and I taught him to make monkey faces. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> when we get really angry and it's time for us to sit down and have one of those talks, <laughs> if it's a time where there's people around and we can't like actually say something, I'll look over and he'll just make a monkey face. And I know that he needs to talk <laughs> because this has been difficult for him too. In shutting down after my sister passed, I shut him out too. Yep. So I didn't let him grieve either, which wasn't fair because he had been a part of her life for a very long time. You know, when she passed, he had been a part of her life for 15 years at that time as well. And so he had seen her grow up from a little girl into a grown woman. And so for him, it was like losing a little sister as well. But he didn't get to grieve because he was too busy trying to shore me up and trying to help me. So he had all that grief inside too. So by you giving me the tools and just that little bit of, you know what, it's okay. But you got to pull yourself out of that if you're going to, get out of this yes 10 years is too long there's a couple there's a couple things stephanie i want to make sure we touched on because you just you just you gave so much great content in there and we'll go kind of reverse order number one you mentioned something about your husband one of the things folks don't necessarily realize in when they get stuck in grief like like you were is <clears throat> that so you're grieving this huge loss of your sister now, your husband has his own relationship with her that he's not able to grieve because he's trying to be there and be supportive and loving to you. Yeah. But he's also grieving a second loss at the same time because he's grieving the loss of yours and his relationship. But he has to, he's trying to bury all of his stuff, trying to be there, be strong, take care of you, take care of you, take care of you. And, and we don't necessarily realize that when we're going through our stuff, and especially when, you know, we, we sometimes we'll get into this hierarchy of grief, right? The, the more significant of the relationship, the more, the more almost justified we can make in our minds that we can prolong in our grief. And it's not to say that anybody's going out there trying to do that intentionally. It's just to say that this is unconsciously the decisions we can make that can lead to us going 10 years or more like you have. And, <clears throat> and what, we'll, what we'll fail to mention is how, what the collateral damage is with the, our other loved ones in our life, with our, our husbands or kids or friends or family members and so on. So I'm, I'm so happy to hear this has been so transformative for you and him and that he's on board with the monkey faces. <laughs> the second thing too is I really applaud you, Stephanie, for utilizing your tools because it, it's, it's something that it is so imperative that we implement tools. Otherwise, if we just allow things to happen, allow the chips to happen, it's kind of like we're rolling the dice for with our, our quality of our life going forward. And one of the things I've always struggled with, with that time after loss is when you, you come and you ask for advice and you say, God, I'm, in, I'm so fucking miserable. I hurt so much. What do I do? And somebody looks at you and says, well, it just takes time. <laughs> oh, I feel like hell. My heart's been ripped out, and you're telling me it just takes time, and you don't even know how long that is. 
Yeah. So there's things that we can do to be proactive with it too. Right. Yeah. The other thing I really want to touch on that's really important that you mentioned is the connection with your sister that you're going to experience now. One of the things that I highlight in the, the healing from loss course is that there is an opportunity that when we make a shift and we're able to start to heal, that we create this openness for ourselves to form a new connection with our loved ones. I firmly believe as you've been experiencing that our loved ones are still around us and they're going to show up and they're going to connect with us in all sorts of ways that's unique to them. It's just most of us never get to that point of experiencing it because we get so stuck in the consumption and consumed in the, in the pain and the loss. And it's once you allow yourself that space and look how fast it was for you. You gave to that wall a little bit of space to break open and all of a sudden there was something there. Right? I mean, it's, it, it's, 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 it's monumental. I have a, today's a kind of a special date for me because it, a year ago today was my, uh, a lady who was like my second mom passed away unexpectedly. And so tonight I'm going over to her husband's house. They were married for 48 years wow. and cooking dinner for him, his youngest son, his, his wife and their two little kids. And she was, she was such a, a, magnetic force and i know she would want us all to be together she would want us to go and have fun and drink wine because she loved wine and i am completely confident that at some point today there's going to be something that's going to show up from her yep because i and i'm so rather than you know i have i've been sad i've been a little you know distracted today than more than i would be which is it's 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 to be part of the process right but i'm also open to being receptive and what's really neat about that is that a lot of times people stay stuck in pain because pain becomes their connection no. right as long as i'm still feeling something i can hold on and i don't have to let go right but what happens is when you start to let go of pain you get to form a whole new connection and I, for one, I, I'm so blessed that the people who I've lost, I mean, just in this work right here, talking to you, I wouldn't be here right now if I wasn't allowing the people who I've lost be a part of my life. I would have gone a completely different path, completely different path. Yep. Just be sitting here talking with you. Yep. And that's super special to me because I can sit here and look at a woman who I met a couple months ago, who was not this lady who I'm talking to right now, didn't have this beautiful smile, wasn't crying happy tears. Yep. And that happens because of the connection I get to have with those, those folks, because I let go of the pain and open up space for love. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just, I really want to highlight those things because you just, you hit on three really important points there. And I want everybody to make sure that they, they heard those things. And it's, it's, it's so, so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I don't still miss her physically. Absolutely. That, that, that never goes away. That 10 years, I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest with you. That Absolutely. never goes away. That physical being, you still, I still would love to have that physical being here to hug, but her spirit is so strong and her will is so strong. I mean, she has shown herself to my husband. He's had his arm grabbed. I mean, <laughs> She's been, t- she's tickled the back of his neck since this has all happened. <laughs> I mean, she is making sure that we know that she is around. There's no, there's no two ways about it. So, I mean, she has, 
more than made up for the 10 years um, in making sure that we know that, um, you know, silly, you should have just let me come through from the beginning because now you're going to pay for it. Cause <laughs> yeah, yeah, she'll be, she'll be showing up quite a bit. She's probably been um, lonely and wait, waiting to be able to talk with you. Oh my gosh, so much so. But yeah, it's it's been something. But I, I, got, I have to tell you that in the waiting rooms when I do the monkey faces, I do get the strangest looks from people. And I just have to explain to them, it's a stress reliever. And then people are fine with it, you yeah. know, and then they end up usually laughing. I end up with a, a room full of people who are laughing. And when you're sitting in these specialty offices, the feeling in these rooms is so intense and is so, yeah, because everybody's there for the same thing to find out what's wrong, what's, yep. what's going on. And we've been doing this and it's, it's a scary road. It's an, it's, but when you walk in there and you feel that, and then you feel that tension and you know, everybody's feeling the same thing. And then Tim and I start making monkey faces cause we're, we're just done with the stress. We're, we're done fighting with stress. You, we can't, you can't beat stress. Yeah. So why fight it? Yeah. So we, just, we make fun monkey faces. It's like, you know, we hold hands with each other and it's like, it's all going to be okay. And I look at him and I go, <laughs> he makes a monkey face back. We end up laughing and the rest of the room looks at us like we're crazy. But the, it, you can feel the tension in the room lighten if that makes sense well, that makes a hundred percent sense and i i really like what you said about you can't beat stress but by doing what you're doing you're beating stress back i'm not letting it take me I, i'm yeah. not letting it affect me because it's not it's not doing me any good it's not doing us any good and it's certainly not doing that room full of people any good so if i can leave them with a smile <laughs> you know what i've done my job you know, Stephanie, when we were talking a couple months ago, I remember we were talking about, you know, other opportunities for you to explore out in the world, perhaps something that you might look into and, mar and marinate on after we're done talking today is, is those groups of people in there, they could use some guidance about how to alleviate their stress. Yes. Maybe you, maybe you introduce yourself the next time and, and, and get a group together and facilitate monkey face learning to all those folks. <laughs> That's monkey face 101. <laughs> so we, we, we've covered a lot, Stephanie. Do you feel like there's, there's, there's one or two things that you feel have been most helpful for you in your own healing and moving forward process? If you were to name them or could describe them, what would you feel those are? Don't beat yourself up. I like that. There's nothing you can change. Um, there's nothing that you could have done that would have made things any different. We are, we're all on this ride together. <laughs> and as much as we would like to say that if we would have done something different, it would have changed this. We would have been able to save this. If I only would have done this, I, they would be here. We don't have that kind of power. We aren't that we aren't that strong as, as much as we would like to think that we are. And there is nothing that we could do as human beings to change any one of the steps that led to losing who we lost. Um, all that we can do is hold on to the love that we had, honor that person, and by honoring them, live your life, be happy, 
being sad and being stuck and being sad is not honoring them, is not honoring their life, and it's not letting them come back to you to have that relationship. I'm telling you, if you let that wall down, you can still have them. No, you don't have them physically with you, but you have their spirit and yes. they're welcome to you. And I'm telling you, it is comforting to know that when I say, Melanie Ann, I can't believe you just played that damn song again. I know that she did because no way is my playlist going to play the same song three times in a row. <laughs> it just doesn't happen that way. Acknowledge them. Know that they're there. Enjoy it. Talk to them. Believe yeah. it or not, they're there. And it is comforting. And you're not crazy. And if you have to, make a monkey face in the mirror to smile. Your smile will make you feel better. I just, I just had an image of your sister pretending she, being a DJ with a monkey face as you were saying that. <laughs> and she did. She could make the best monkey face in the world. <laughs> she loved music. You know, Stephanie, something you said in there too is such an important thing about there's nothing we can change. I had a, a very close friend pass away last year from ALS and he, I, him and I did this kind of documentaries for last two years where I would get together with him every week and interview him. And because we were trying to raise awareness about ALS and also tell, and to show people we had a choice, he, that somebody had a choice in how they lived. Yep. And one of the things he would continually say is he said, I can't change what happened. I can't go back. You know, I could, I'll drive myself crazy if I do those things. And he said, but one thing I can do is I can change how I, I can choose how I live my life today. And it was, it was one of the most inspiring and just beautiful experiences I've ever had the privilege to be a part of because as he was going through and losing the physical ability to do all the things that you, I, and everybody else takes for granted, you know, brushing our teeth, combing our hair, getting dressed, going to the bathroom. He was able to, and I have it on video, and it's, it's, it's easily one of my most proud moments in the last however many years of my life. I am on video saying the last few years of his life, living with ALS have been the happiest years of his life. And it's because of exactly what you said. It's, it's that choice. We, it, most people, they get, when they get stuck, they spend so much time in the past, what if, if only I would have, if this, if that, if I would have this, and they beat themselves up over and the thing with that is, is it's, it's a bottomless pit. We can spend that as, and that thing can go as deep as we want to. My, <clears throat> my very first significant loss I ever had was a very close friend's suicide. And he had kind of planned it out where I would be the one to find him. And I think he did that thinking that I would be the one that could probably handle it out of everyone. And it was, it was a horrible, horrible thing to, and I know several folks in here have had gone through these, the suicide experience before. And for a while after that, you know, I didn't have really a lot of tools. I hadn't really, all those things I had people saying it takes time. And it was, it was, it was such a challenge because every time I said, well, if only, if what if, then there was another one after that. And every time I would try to make peace with one, because I was so stuck in that, if only what if mindset, I would be going down and down and down. And it was, there was, I, I dug deep and there, I never even came close to hitting the striking gold, whatever I was looking for in there. It, it wasn't until I got out of that pit and got back up to above ground 
and you know gap behind the wall that is able to start to really get some answers and make some changes. So I, I, I so appreciate you highlighting that on there. I think that's such an important thing to, to touch on. Yeah, well, we beat ourselves up because we want to fix things and we want to say, well, if I would have done this, it would have yeah. fixed, it would have changed. We can't. And yeah. that was my husband. It was his, and, and, and as men, especially, you guys are, are programmed and, and trained or it, it's a mindset of you have to fix things, especially for, I hate to say it that way, but for your women or for the, mm -hmm. women, the women that you love. And when you can't do that, it's such a frustrating thing. And of course we can't fix it. How do you fix a broken heart? You don't. There's no tape. There's no glue. There's nothing to hold that. You can't put it back together. And no one can do that for you. You have to reach inside and say, okay, done. That's not what they would want. My sister would kick my butt. I know that without a doubt. And I'm sure if she physically had the way to, she would have done it already now, but thank you very much for her not having a physical way of doing that. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd probably be walking around with a foot up sticking out of my rear end right now. <laughs> and there's a mental image to go forth in the day with. <laughs> Stephanie, one, one final piece of advice. If you could leave everybody here watching with your know, best piece of advice you could give them, what would that be? Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. We're the hardest on ourselves. Be kind to yourself. Love that. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. This was, this was, I've had goosebumps and just break of happy tears. I felt like I was like that with the last one. I have a feeling this is going to be the case for almost all these interviews. It is just, it's, it's, it's such a, an honor and pleasure to share this space with you right now and do just to experience you as you are now I can tell you've been doing the monkey faces and you've been implementing everything we've talked about and I'm, I'm so proud of you I, I feel honored to pay play a small role in your journey and I'm looking forward to you and your husband really rekindling reconnecting and in the same way I'm looking forward to more cool encounters with you and Melanie too. I think you're in store for some really special things here in the days and months and years to come. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you you're so much for showing me that I needed to get off of that, off of that path and giving me the kick that I needed without physically doing it. <laughs> I, yeah. it. I think maybe Mel since Melanie wanted to kick you in the butt, she couldn't. She reached out to me and had me do it for her. Yes, thank you, and thank you for the monkey faces. I appreciate You're it. so welcome. Well, see, Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank you, Jesse. Have a great day. Have a wonderful dinner tonight. You've been listening to Healing from Loss, the podcast. If you found value in this, please subscribe, rate, and review it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to leave a comment and share this with someone who can benefit from it. Until next time, carpe diem. Live this moment in honor of your loved ones.